the volume. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to episode two of the Bryce Young podcast. Really excited to be back. Uh, a big week in college football, a big week for Bryce. And, and speaking of the star of the show, I'm just kind of the vessel. Uh, this guy's the, the real meat and potatoes of the show, Alabama starting quarterback, Mr. Bryce Young. Bryce, what's up, man? Nothing much. Excited to be here. How you doing? Yeah, doing good. A week, week two, second one, second podcast in the tank. Man, had a really good first one. And I want to kick this one off. I know everybody's excited to hear from you. You know, Saturday, Bryce, being the first, you know, road game in that type of environment, uh, a road environment down in the swamp, a place I'm sure you grew up, you know, watching on TV and, and understanding that, you know, communication is key. We always talk about that, right, in, in anything. How hard was it to be able to communicate? I saw you guys kind of going from the silent uh, there early uh, once it got rolling. How was communication in the swamp? Yeah, communication was, it was tough. Um, yeah, like you said, like, 
I grew up, you know, like growing up, you play NCA, like you play NCA for sure. <laughs> that was always like one of the hardest places to play at. So like that was a place that I always like as a kid, you know, playing there. Um, and you know, it was it was it was definitely loud. Um, the fans, their fans, you know, definitely showed up. It was it was pretty hard to communicate, but um, you know, it's something we were kind of prepared for. We knew it was, those were gonna be the circumstances and like and you know how well I feel like we responded and how well we were able to communicate despite um, you know, despite just, you know, the conditions, um, you know, I'm, I'm super, super proud of my teammates for, for how they responded and how we kind of responded as a group. Yeah, obviously you guys coming out with the 31-29 win. And, you know, so much goes into the travel of going to play that game. I think everybody, just because they don't know because they're not on the inside, that they see you go on the field and it's hype and everybody's yelling. But before the game, you know, while you're stretching, while you're getting ready, you know, what, what's your mindset at? I mean, are you just, are you kind of chill? I mean, are, are you going around dapping people up? What's kind of the Bryce Young look? I know it's loud. We can hear him from outside the tunnel. We can hear him. But what's Bryce Young like in that moment? Yeah, um, personally, I'm, I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty focused around that time. Um, yeah. you know, um, typically a little more, yeah, a little more chill, like a little more, um, a little more calm and not like, I feel like, you know, a lot of that energy is pretty easy to, like, you, you know, with adrenaline and, you know, with mm -hmm. all the, with the crowd, whether you're at home or like, there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot, going to be a lot of energy. So like for me, um, just like my position, like quarterback, there's a lot of thinking that goes into it. Like you have to be able to be composed in my opinion. Like, mm -hmm. You have to be able to process a lot. have to be able to feel that adrenaline and like, you know, function off it, but also be able to kind of keep your composure and, and know how to function. Cause there's a lot of thinking. There's a lot, it's, it's a big mental game. So um, for me around that time, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely focused, thinking about whatever I need to be, you know, thinking about trying to prepare myself mentally. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I, it's, it's kind of weird because there's a lot of things I'm trying to balance, but like try to balance, you know, being focused, having energy and, and having fun. Cause like, mm. you know, moments like that, you know, they're, they're super intense in the moment. There's a lot of shit, but like that stuff, you know, that's, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it's, it's fun to play in those big moments. It's a lot of fun. So, I try to balance kind of all those emotions out and try to find like, you know, a little middle ground. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny how everybody gets ready different. You know, you got the quiet guys, you got the guys that won't shut up. I don't know how it is in the Alabama locker room, but we had guys that just would not shut up. Maybe walk around talking, you know, about how ready they were, but you know, Bryce going on the road and playing at home, they're two totally different things and experiences, even though the field's the same width, same length, same amount of players. Do you like going on the road more or at home? Is it about even for you? Cause I know guys that like would much rather quiet people down sometimes than get them going. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's for, for us, like for me and for us as a team, I, I feel like we kind of attack each, each game, each mindset the same. Like you have to, you have to, you know, you have to approach the same. And, um, and you know, there's definitely that boost when you're at home of knowing that you have your, you're knowing that you have your fans supporting you, have your fans have, you know, that your fans have, have your back. And, and, and that's definitely big boost. And then there's also, stuff you can make that are positives out of being on the road. So mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I don't think I really have like a favorite. I'd rather be one place because, you know, that's stuff you can't control. And if you try for to sure. Play, for sure. figure out, um, you know, dang, I'm here. Dang, I'm not, I'm on the road. Dang, I'm at home. Like, <laughs> that's kind of tough. That's kind of a tough, like. No, it is. It can be equal. It can be, they're two totally different, different experiences. Yeah, definitely. But kind of back to what you said about like how, um, you know, everyone's kind of different. I've always been like a really big advocate of that. Um, personally, I have my own individual process of how I prepare um, before games, like, um, you know, how my energy is, stuff I do. And, and, and a part of that, you know, you have to 
sometimes depending on like you know your role in the team you have to make sure you read the room and understand it and bring yeah. what you bring but I've always been a big advocate of there never being one way to like prepare one way one mindset to have like I've always been like personally I I become comfortable in my process and comfortable in what I feel like I need to feel um going to a game but I've mm-hmm. always been a big advocate of like hey if your guy needs to be juiced up and listen to like and listen to you know and listen to some some hyped up music and be talking yelling then do that like and if you're a guy that wants to that, that doesn't need music and he's just chill you're a guy who's somewhere in the middle and listen to calm like I've always been a big advocate yeah. of like just knowing everyone's different and there's no one way or there's no right way to, to prepare especially when it comes to something like that prepare yourself mentally so that's just a, like a little bit of my process but like I don't think it's anything I'd be like hey it's right you should do it too or like yeah. This is what I want my team to do. Like, I understand. I feel like everyone, and especially, you know, at the level I'm at, I have a lot of confidence in my team. So you said there's people who prepare differently. Some people, you know, there's different people in the locker room, but I, I know that everyone's doing what's necessary for them. And we all kind of kind of get that. And I've always, that's always kind of been something I'm really been intrigued in is how like different people, you know, people really like are as far as getting ready for stuff. If it's a big mistake, like you said, there, there's people that are, that are, that are high, but you're calm. Like, and I've seen people be successful in like every different way. Like, true. That's true. so true. I've seen people seem come off as like almost nervous, <laughs> super head down and go out perform. I see people be overly confident, same thing, go out perform. And then vice versa, I've seen people be overconfident, maybe not play well, same thing. Like, and I've seen everything in between. And I've realized like you really just have to have your own process and understand what works best for mm-hmm. you. And um, like I've been trying to, you know, I, I find I've found kind of what that is for me, but I've noticed also like it's definitely not like a like a universal like rule of what to do, what not to do. Yeah, it's almost like a fingerprint. Like everybody has kind of a different way that they get ready. Like, and there's an old saying, I don't care how you get ready, just play good. You play good, you'll never hear me say anything about how you, you could, you know, be eating pop rocks and drinking Pepsi for all I care, whatever works to, to get you out there. But you know, there were so many big plays in that game. Bryce, when you go back and look at it, you know, not only when you were on the field, but, you know, when Florida was on the field on offense and Alabama on defense, what was, what's one play that really stood out to you? And it could be any play. It could be offense, defense, special teams. If you could pick one, what's one that kind of stands out? Cause you and I think can both agree games like this tight games come down to about a handful of plays. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think the two point conversion for us, um, the, the stop that our defense got was probably, you know, definitely the biggest play of the game. I mean, for, for, you know, obviously with, with everything that was going on, you know, with going into the game, you know, they had just scored for our defense to, you know, easy, it was easy for our defense to be like, oh, whatever. They just scored. They just joined out feel like, oh, let's just give up. Let's lay down. But they understood how important that two-point conversion was. They locked back in, got the stop when it was needed. And ultimately, that's what ended up, you know, winning us the mm-hmm. game. So I think that was probably the biggest play. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you're watching that, Bryce, and over there on the sideline, that's when you know, we always talk about culture, right? We talked about it last time. You know, the offense goes against the defense so many times in practice, and you want to be competitive. But at the end of the day, y'all are on the same team. And it's like once you get out of fall camp, everybody realizes, like, oh, thank goodness, we get to play somebody else. Rooting those guys on. Did you say anything to them before that play? Did you have any time to, to say something to one of the guys on defense, or did you just kind of let them do their thing? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, um, you know, a lot of times, like, there's not – a lot of times there's not really too much overlap as far as like there's really just that one, yeah. one special teams play and then they're on the field and we're on the sideline and we're on the field. Yeah. Timeouts sometimes, timeouts for a big play. Yeah. Like I have, like like you said, like there's so much competition in the offseason, spring ball, you're going back and forth with defense. And it's like I've, I've told people 
um, on defense, it's like, it's crazy. Like, I'm, I'm happy I finally get to root for you guys. <laughs> like, when you guys make a play, I'm like, dang, like, that means we met. But, like, it's great. I get to root. I get to, like, root for you guys and be excited. And, like, yeah. if I get to turn up with you, like, it's, 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 like, it, it's fun. But I have, but even in moments like that, like, I have the utmost confidence in our defense. Like, seeing their process, seeing how well they, you know, going against them. And then, mm-hmm. again, even in a time like that, like, people don't understand how hard it is to put that last, whatever, like to put a drive or put a bad, a, a bad play, whatever behind you and to lock in on the next play and to know this is the big one and, and to make it. And like, and for our defense to make a play like that, again, like it, I have the, like the utmost confidence. In it. Yeah. And everybody was getting excited when y'all got that stop. And, you know, it's, it's such an emotional game and it, and you try and I guess keep the emotions as much, you know, to a minimum as possible. But when you were out there, you know, and, and the game was ending and you, you knew it was done and, and the last play was ran. What was that feeling like for you getting a big win earlier in your career, uh, a statement went on the road in the swamp, like we talked about, full capacity, not limited capacity. Everybody that could fit in there was in there. Uh, is there a moment that it hits you like, you know, hey, that's a great win and knowing you the way like I think I do, you're probably ready to get on to the next one and watch the film and correct it. But is there a moment in time, Bryce, where just for a second you enjoy it or maybe take some time after the game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's important. Like, like you, you have said, to. That was, yeah. yeah, that was a, um, you know, they're a really, really good team. That's a really, really hostile environment to play in and for us to go on the road. Um, and, and, you know, and, and you know, she was going to win. Um, you know, that, that, that was, you know, it was, it was really good for us. We have a 24 hour rule where, you know, when you, when you have to enjoy it, you know, you enjoy it for that night. And then, um, you know, looking back in the film, which we've gotten a chance to do now, um, I know all around there's a lot of stuff that you know we see on the film that we're not necessarily proud of and stuff that we have to improve improve on and um there's a lot of stuff that just as a whole that we we feel like we can improve on and there's a lot of stuff now that we're looking back at it that we wish we did differently but for the time being um you know we kind of fell into that role of just enjoying it for a little bit um you know you have to again seeing for it being that close it being them being such a good team for us to be able to pull it out and, and end up winning like that was you know it was it was definitely really it was immediately after when the clock hit zeros like you know it was it was back and forth really hard fought so that's probably when I felt the best (laughs) now again looking back at it um you know as a whole we know that um there's a lot of stuff that we want to improve um there's a lot of stuff we did that we weren't proud of so um now it's probably that that was probably the the about that one for sure If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I love how you say like there's stuff we did we weren't proud of. Like it was like it was something like not football. I don't know. It's just that's it's funny because you guys hold yourself to such a high standard. That's why it works. And that, that leads perfectly to my next question, Bryce. You know, you guys came out, went up 21 to three, and it was a hard fought game the rest of the way. When it was 21 to three, how was that? Was that feeling any different than when it was tight late from a process standpoint for you? Uh, or do you just try and keep it kind of flatline per se going through it and just, you know, controlling what you can control? Cause at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Yeah. It, I'd say it's more about just, just trying to play the next, whether we're up, whether we're down back and yeah. forth, whatever the scenario, whatever game, you know, you really just have to play the next play. You have to, you have to put whatever series regardless of the result behind, learn from it talk it over the sideline what'd you see what'd you like stuff like that but you have to go to the to the next next series next play mm-hmm. um and that's just really the nature of, of the sport like if you ever get too low you know if you ever get too low on a play you're not gonna perform as well if you ever get too high on a play you're not gonna perform as well so you kind of have to you know you kind of have to good bad and different you have to make sure that you're you and kill that you understand it and you process it but then move on to the next drive next play next decision whatever it is yeah, and because the game is so long, it feels fast, but it actually really is a long game. And and Bryce, you know, as a team, you, you obviously take things away from wins and losses from games in general as an individual player. But as a team, knowing you guys haven't played your best game yet and you're always striving, Tom Brady talks about it all the time. You know, we still haven't played our best game. We still haven't played our best game. What does it mean to you to be able to go down there, maybe as a team, not play perfect, but be able to win a close game like that? You touched on it a little bit. But just that feeling of knowing, hey, we played a close game. We understand who we are in close games. Just how much confidence does that give you guys as a team in all three phases and on the coaching staff? Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of you, – you learn a lot about yourself in games like that, in games mm-hmm. where, um, you know, when you're at a – you know, when there's there's time periods where it's not – the outcome's not certain and, and you know, you know, you're – we face, you know, we face some adversity. You know, their, their drives, their plays where your back's kind of against the wall and um, – you know, I already had tremendous confidence in every team, but to see how we responded in a lot of those moments, um, 
I felt like that was one of the positives. I felt like, um, you know, I, I felt like just the unit I'm out there as um, offensively, you know, being able to be in those moments and not seeing any flinch from any of, of our guys and, and believing the same from our defense and the rest of our team. Um, I think that's one of the positives that, that um, we can bring from it. But again, I think there's a lot of things execution wise, a lot of stuff that, again, once we watch the film, watch the tape, we realized that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't us and that's not what we want to be in. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we still feel like we can improve on. But, um, you know, with every with every game, there's always going to be there's going to be positive. There's always going to be negatives. And you kind of have to figure out how to, you know, how to grow on top of those positives and then try to correct those those negatives. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and you know, Bryce, when when I was watching the game and I was watching you guys operate, you know, with Coach O'Brien, where he is during the game, your guys' communication, I'm sure it's probably just like practice. It seems like you guys have a pretty easy streamline of – I know the game's a little bit emotionally different and go up and down, but just the way you guys communicate, it seems like you're very comfortable with each other. We talked about it a little bit last time, but how important is it, that relationship with Coach O'Brien in those tense moments? I mean, there was a third and five. I can remember you guys ran it. That's a lot of confidence, and he got eight yards, and that was a huge statement there on a third down. It seems like you guys have no problem communicating. Yeah, yeah, I think that that communication, that trust is something that, uh, you know, that you build in the offseason. Um, coach, mm-hmm. you know, always came in and, and um, you know, and him coming in and being so willing to work with me and being able and being already, you know, as good of a coach he, as he is, and being having coached the people he has for him to come in and, and, and be as receptive and for us to be able to have dialogue, have back and forth and um, him really even giving me the opportunity to earn that trust. Um, you know, that's made my, my job a lot easier. And yeah. um, I think, um, you know, like you said, in those situations, um, you know, you learn a lot about, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, you learn a lot about others. And um, the communication that we had, you know, I've already, again, even before that, tremendous trust in um, yeah. you know, OB and play on everything. But um, even moments like that, to see him, again, um, you know, elevating in, in the times he did and for, for us to, you know, for us to, again, be able to pull stuff off when we needed to. Um, and me and OB being able to communicate um, again, that was, that was one of the positives that, you know, we're working to, to build off of in the future. Definitely. And I mean, it's a great start. I mean, uh, looking where you guys are and where you guys are going to be at, you know, middle end of the season, it's always a work in progress, but something Bryce, when I watch you and, and, you know, a lot of things stand out, your poise, number one, but the way you're able to keep your eyes downfield, even while you're moving out of the pocket, it seems like the game isn't too fast for you because again there's times to run and there's times to keep your eyes downfield and what I notice is you almost create big plays by keep keeping your eyes down the field how important is that to you to be able to not only get out of the pocket and evade when you have to but be able to let guy you know like JMO who once he catches it man he's like the road runner I don't know if I've ever seen anybody that fast before in my life uh you know obviously Mechie out there is is a wizard of the highest order but just keeping your eyes down the field how important is that to you especially once you're outside the pocket yeah, that's something that I've kind of worked on throughout, like, you know, throughout playing. Um, there was always, like, I felt like, especially when I was younger, there's a big misconception about, like, about, like, quarterbacks and, and especially quarterbacks who are described as mobile. And there's, yeah, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of people that have, been, have done it in a way, at, you know, at really high levels now and have kind of changed that narrative. But especially back when I was younger, um, there's a big, you know, there's a big narrative, one about, you know, mobile quarterbacks and especially about like, especially about African-American quarterbacks are mobile about just wanting to run and just wanting to, um, and, and just running to, you know, not being able to go, th- go through reads or whatever it was. 
Um, and again, there's been a lot of people that have helped kind of change that. But when I was younger and kind of learning the position, that was always something that I was always taught. It's like, you're always going to be assumed you're just a runner and you, you can't throw. So um, that was always something I stressed was just to make sure that I kept my eyes downfield whenever I was outside pocket or scrambling and moving, kind of making sure I always remained a passer. And also, that's not just something I learned kind of to disprove anything, but that's also stuff that I've always heard and, and, and learned from just from some of the best, hearing some of the best quarterbacks to play, um, whether they, like I've, I've talked to, you know, whether it's talking to NFL quarterbacks or, you know, seeing them on YouTube or on TV talking about things they felt was important. I always, you know, that I've never, you know, I've always heard how important it was to keep your eyes downfield when, um, you know, when, when scrambling and when moving around pocket and stuff. So, um, you know, that's something that I've kind of worked on at times. Um, yeah, so that, that's just, that's just always kind of been something that I've, I've always stressed in my game. And, you know, it's, it's stuff that I'm still trying to improve at, trying to, you know, improve at, you know, being more aware, deciphering times to run, times to throw, stuff like that. You know, I'm, I definitely haven't perfected it. I have a long way to go, but it's definitely been an emphasis in my game since I was younger. Yeah, well, as a guy that's a defensive coach, nothing was more frustrating than not only letting the quarterback break the pocket, but then he keeps his eyes downfield and rips your guts out on a crossing route for about 30 yards that, you know, at the end of the day, you felt like you had no control. And Bryce, I got to tell you, man, we talk about this on the show all the time. The term game manager, I've just never understood it because I feel like to be a quarterback, it doesn't matter if you're dual threat, pro style. If you're not managing the game, that's like calling a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, hey, he's a game manager as the pitcher. Well, yeah, he's a game manager. No matter. Uh, does that term? I, I just had to ask you that as a quarterback because it drives me nuts. Should every quarterback not be a great game manager? P Bryce Young, the Forgers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I kind of know the negative connotation that comes with it, but in the literal sense, that's a very important part of. <laughs> making sure you're in control of situations, managing time, managing clock, managing, you know, just, just, yeah, man, managing the game. Um, so, but I mean, obviously I know that. Yeah. Players. It's like, it's just a weird way to describe it. It's be like, yeah, he, well, your boss, he's, he's the boss. He's an office manager. He's not the best, but he's an office manager. He's just going to manage the office. Yeah. But in, in the little sense, yeah, that, that's, that's extremely important. And I think that's something that, again, I'm working on mastering and working on trying to improve, but that's another thing that I've always studied and always, you know, seen and, and learned from the best yeah. and highest levels is whenever you watch, you know, the great quarterbacks, you can tell they're always in control of the situation. They always understand what's going on and control the offense. Um, and, and that's something, honestly, I've learned a lot from um, that coach. Coach O'Brien has stretched me a lot, you know, again, mm -hmm. coach some of the best to ever do it. And he's always said that the, the great ones always work. It's actually, that's funny. He actually, um, that's actually a big thing with, that he's talking about is the best ones are you have to be a game manager oh thank you for saying that bryce like you have no idea the mo you just gave me for saying bill yeah. o'brien said that thank you for saying that yeah no you're not alone he actually has <laughs> right on the term like um like if you're not you know if you're not in control of the situation not managing the game and understanding when to do you know when to do certain things like when you're just not you know that's not he's seen at the highest level and he's understand how how you know at, at high how high of a level um mm -hmm. the greats can do that and again, that's something that I've been trying to improve on. Some I've been trying to stress and some I've learned a lot from, from Coach O'Brien is just um, him being able to pass that wisdom and that knowledge along with me to kind of help me in that process. And, yeah. um, again, you don't want to say game manager because of the negative kind of time. I know. You're like, well, he can't run. I guarantee you he can't run. No, it's just, I did, it's so funny to me. 
Yeah, yeah, but just personally, just trying to grow in, in managing situations and scenarios, kind of making sure that I, I'm, you know, trying to be as in control of, of stuff and, and understand all the situations. Yeah, I, I, you knocked that one out of the park. All right, Bryce, I got one more for you. Before we wrap, wrap up episode two of what many consider the greatest podcast ever recorded of all time, already in its infant <laughs> stages, that's not me just saying that, but... You know, we, you talk a little bit about taking something from everybody that you meet, you know, whether it's coaches, you know, that are there, coaches that are gone. And, you know, you were there with Mac last year and watching him doing what he's doing now. And you look in the league and you're starting to see Alabama quarterbacks pop up everywhere. And what is it? Do, do you have time to watch the guys at all on Sunday? And if you do, you know, what did you take from Mac the time he was there, even if it was just one thing? Yeah, yeah, I think. I think, like you said, there's been like right now. I I count, you know. I'm. I think we all kind of count Jalen Hurts. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so with with three Alabama quarterbacks in the league starting, um, you know, that's something for me that I, I take pride in. Like seeing seeing people for me. I that's people that I'm, especially when I first got there. I'm learning off of film, and I'm learning the playbook off of film too, and off of film Jalen, of uh, of and seeing like all and and seeing. Um, you know, seeing how successful they were and then being able to see Mac in person and see um, and see the legacy that they really built um, as far as being a quarterback in Alabama, what it means. And for me, that's something I take pride in. That's not something I take lightly at all. Um, I understand, you know, kind of, you know, I understand the way that they pave and the expectation and standard that they set at the position. So for me, that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm working each and every day to to, to live up to and trying to make sure that I can, you know, try to push the brand forward because they've, mm-hmm. they've, they've set such a, such a high standard in doing so well, not only, you know, in college, but at the next level. And, um, and being able to see Mac just Mac specifically being able to see him one in person and to see like so many of like the small things that like, you know, probably the average viewer wouldn't see, but like yeah. things that I can pick up from just because I was, you get to see all the reps in person, you get to see all the practice reps and you can tell how in control he is and how in command he is. And that's something that I noticed immediately in college, um, you know, when I first got there in New Alabama and seeing that translate to the next level, seeing it translate to the Patriots, like that's, for me, that it's super cool to watch. Um, it's super inspiring for me to watch, really, um, to, to see how well he's been handling all the scenarios, how well he's been, um, you know, how well he understands. You can tell he, he understands offense, he understands the defense he's going against. Um, so for me, being able to see that, um, it, it, it's really, you know, it's really inspiring for me. And again, just the, the brand that Jalen to a Mac set before me, like that, that's something that I, I take pride in and don't take lightly. Definitely. And, uh, it's something obviously is translating to the NFL and, and it's going to be a fun ride, man. And speaking of fun rides, that's going to wrap up episode two. We're going to have another great one next week. Got Southern Miss this weekend, Bryce going to try and keep the train rolling. My friend, you got anything else you want to add or are you good to go as we uh, wrap it up? I'm good. That was a great little close. All that was a great like outro. I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate it, man. Well, uh, it was great chopping it up. Appreciate everybody checking this out. Uh, make sure you follow Bryce on Twitter, myself at the J Boy Show, and make sure you uh, check out every episode of the Bryce Young Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Go to the Volume YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Hit a like because we know you like it. I know you like it at least. Uh, but we appreciate your time. For Bryce Young, I'm Jake Crane from the J Boy Show, and we'll holler at you later.
volume. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.